Welcome on into the second edition of the Fall Quarter Sports Voice After Dark. I'm Ari Ross alongside Henry DeMore and Amit Malik as always. And we're here today to talk some Northwestern football. And once we get over the de- that depressing hump, we can talk about some baseball and some football as well. Let's do it. Some very exciting playoff races in baseball. Uh, and the NFL off to a not really interesting week one. Yeah, it was, it was a great week one. I actually really enjoyed week one. Yeah, week one was fun. Football is back. Unfortunately, Northwestern has decided not to show up for the <laughs> second straight week. That was a lot of fun. I can't say I watched this game as I was in a six-hour car ride from Cleveland, Ohio, but I'm pretty sure I'm happy I didn't, as the way the people were there and the people who didn't watch it seemed like just a game I would probably have blown my brains out after watching. Yeah, I watched the Western Michigan game. I managed to get a, a, B, a BTN uh, account from a friend of mine, and the Western Michigan game, that was that was like fun to watch because it was it was a back-and-forth game. Northwestern didn't play as well as maybe people had expected, but, I mean, Western Michigan's a very good team. They're expected to run away with the MAC this year. But the Illinois State game, I was just keeping up with it on my phone until it kind of hit me, wait a minute, it's the fourth quarter and Northwestern's up by one. And so that's when I finally tuned in, only to see the dagger that was the game-winning field goal with a couple seconds left. Uh, the poor sucker that proposed to his wife during the game when Northwestern lost to an FCS team for the first time in, what, 10 years? Or something it's, like that? It's been a long time. I mean, yeah. it's been a long time. The game, the FCS game, I remember, and I was kind of thinking it was going to be like, is my freshman year, we played Maine. And it was like the most unconvincing win you could ever see. They won, I think, by a couple touchdowns. But Maine had like a pick six. or No, we had a pick six to prevent Maine from like scoring once. And it was just like you walked out of that game and like, how are we going to beat Ohio State in two weeks? <laughs> and then we, of course, almost beat Ohio State. But I thought it was going to be something like that. I didn't think. And then, of course, last year they destroyed Eastern Illinois. And then they kind of just sucked. And, like, it's it's not good at the moment. And, I mean, last week on the podcast, the whoever the host, Austin, maybe was hosting. Um, keep talking and I'll remember in a second. <laughs> I can get back to The you. two hosts it's whose Michael names. Michael Stern and Marty. Michael Stern and Marty set the panic meter at five. So where's the panic meter now? Honestly, I'm at a nine, seriously, because but no, because when you were looking at the schedule in the beginning of the year, right, you thought, okay, Western Michigan should win, maybe we won't, because Northwestern football is Northwestern football. Western Michigan is a very respectable team. Be expecting them to come away with wins against Illinois State, against Duke. Um, hopefully, I think Nebraska was in the same caliber as that Western Michigan game. Nebraska, I think, maybe a little tougher opponent. But you were looking at, okay, you lose to Iowa, you lose to Michigan State, you lose to Ohio State, you lose to Wisconsin, right? Those are your four losses, and then you should, on paper, beat everybody else, right? But now, the way they've played, it's looking like you're looking at the rest of the schedule, and you're like, I'm now terrified of the Indiana Hoosiers, right? Which is something you didn't think you'd be saying in That's something you don't want to be saying. No, exactly, right? Unless it's basketball season, that's not something you want to be saying. Yeah, I think I'd kind of have to agree with you. Somewhere in that 8-9 range, at the end of the... I can't... The way they're playing, I can't look at Northwestern's schedule and find more than two to three wins. Yeah. And maybe you could find a fourth. Maybe maybe they find a way to beat Illinois, both Illinois, Purdue, and Minnesota, and find it. But then like Duke as well. But like those are only the four winnable games. They're not going to beat Ohio State. They have no chance. They might lose seventy six to nothing to Ohio State. Ohio State is going to have pressure on Thorson, but by the time he touches the ball out of the snap, their yeah. their their offensive line defensive play has been so bad, and they're just it's they can't win a game without it. Yeah, I think the the Duke game is going to be very, very, very telling because, I mean, obviously, like, um, so I grew up a Michigan fan, and while this isn't Michigan-Appalachian State 2007 catastrophic, this is still pretty bad. 
Um, and the Michigan team came into the season ranked number five. They plummeted out of the rankings after the Appalachian State game. But, you know, that Michigan team is obviously, they were better than that game. And so the optimist in me wants to say that Northwestern is better than what they've played. And uh, the Western Michigan game aside, because I think that was honestly a, it was a, it was a much better indicator of where Northwestern's at as a football program than the Illinois State game. But the Duke game is going to be very telling because while Duke, you know, they're not known for having a, an amazing football team, they did give us a run for their money, a run for our money last year when we played them um, in North Carolina. But this year they're coming home. Uh, maybe the influx of students coming in to cheer on their team will uh, help push them over the edge here. But I think the Duke game is going to be very, very, very telling of really where this team's at. Yeah, I'm just going to jump in. I think that if they play the way they've been playing, I agree, you may get three wins maybe three wins but the good news is I, I i side with henry as an optimist here they can turn it around they're not going to play like this the entire season i don't think a fitz coach team will be that undisciplined over the course of a season so i think if they turn it around i think the goal for this team not that they're setting these goals they want to win every game you hear them say that a realistic goal for this team is to hit 500 six and six and if you if that happens you know that's a solid year given the way it started You'd love to have those two games back, but you can't. So 6-6, six and six, you know, I think that'd be a really strong finish to this year. And where's this going to happen? It has to start with Duke. kind of has to happen with Indiana, Minnesota, Purdue, Illinois. And then, you know, maybe one more win, hopefully somewhere. Maybe Michigan State, maybe Wisconsin, unlikely. So even 5-7 and seven is a strong finish to the season, but... Mm-hmm. I think to set expectations any higher than 500 would be ludicrous. I don't think any Northwestern fan is doing it at this point. The panic meter for everyone is, is, I think, eight or nine or higher. Everyone's panicking, and I, I've i never seen – I mean, okay, I'm a sophomore. I've been here for two years. Ari <laughs> Ross has seen considerably much more Northwestern football than I have. But the thing that frustrates me is I could – last year we had three really bad losses, and those losses we played three really good teams, three really good teams, and they handed they handed it to us. This, these were two teams that were not really good teams. Granted, Western Michigan is solid, respectable, but they're not, a, and they beat us by one, which is okay. Yeah. Illinois State is an FCS team, very good in the FCS, but we should never only score one touchdown against an FCS team. At home, no less. At home. And it was, I think it's probably the most frustrating performance I can remember from like a football team that I followed, you know? I mean, I'm an Eagles fan. There's been some ones over the years, but <laughs> you guys weren't here for the Moon game because that 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 might oh, have heard, been the, heard the Moon, the, the Northwest. When when two not FCS, when two Big Ten powerhouse teams are oh oh zero zero at halftime, and then Northwestern loses ten to nine when Trevor Simeon, of course, slips and falls on the tr- attempted two point conversion. That might have been the most frustrating. I think the play that I always go back to is they they sent Devin Funches in motion. They snapped it off his leg, and Northwestern recovered. Like, I don't know how that happens, but there there had to have been, like, 17 turnovers in that game. Like, that's complete over-exaggeration. But that's the one game that was might have been more frustrating. Yeah, I'm sure that's frustrating and I ter- in terms of the actual game. Yeah. I'm looking at it from, like, oh, you, scope, yeah, you scope don't score. result opponent yeah. and <clears throat> performance considered. But the panic meter is off the, the pan- charts. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I, I think if they can make a bowl game and get to 500, you got to rule out a success. Yeah, yeah. 5-7, oh, yeah. even you might sniff a bowl game, unlikely. If, but 6-6, six right, six, yeah. success. Yeah, if, if you can find six wins, I mean, because the thing I think is there's always one team Northwestern surprises every year. Yeah. Last year was Stanford, the year before was Notre Dame. 
the year before there were, was I don't know if there was really anyone maybe Cal or they, I mean they surprised Ohio State but didn't beat them my freshman year but there's there's going to be one game no one expects Northwestern to win and do it whether it's Michigan State probably won't be Ohio State Wisconsin Nebraska there'll be one game so you can probably find four or five it's just a matter of getting that fifth and sixth win but if they can make a bowl game I think this season will definitely based on how it started can be not a like, overall success like you'd love they should maybe they should have gone eight and four but wouldn't be the end of the world to go six and six and make the whatever heart of dallas bowl or yeah. the, whatever one's in detroit and go up to ford field for a few days yeah no i completely agree it, it's it's just kind of mind-boggling how quickly the perspective changed on the season expectations uh the <laughs> the opinions of the coaching staff uh you know within within two games and you know, I, I think we're. I think we're. I mean, I personally am still deciding whether the Illinois State game was a fluke or not. Um, like I said, long season to go still. I think that'll determine whether this was a fluke. And you know, Northwestern usually has a very stable coaching staff. I was reading. I mean, I spent more time on Twitter this past Saturday after the game than I have ever. And I just read like opinion piece after opinion piece after opinion piece on Northwestern's coaching staff. Does the fault lie with you know Fitz? Fitz's loyalty to his coaching staff, offensive coordinator, right? I mean all these questions that even when Northwestern, I mean, I, <clears throat> I confess I don't know, I wasn't here when they went 5-7 and seven in 2014, but I don't know how much flack the coaching staff took. Oh, people were calling for McCall's head my freshman year, and they were calling for him sophomore year, and they're calling for him now. And I mean, last year, To be frank, he probably should have been gone yeah. after my freshman year. I'm, I'm not going to criticize Mick McCall. It's not my place, yeah. but I do think the play calling is a little bland, and it's yeah. extremely predictable. And that's it's been that an way for a while. But I will leave it at that from yeah. my from my perspective. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think there's there's definitely if they get two or three wins, I wouldn't be surprised if coaching changes. But there's nothing going to happen. Fitz is too he's loyal. Extremely loyal. He's not firing anyone at least till the end of the season. And yeah, frankly, I doubt anyone's going to be fired unless they go just catastrophically. And Fitz has a lifetime coaching st- staff. He's not getting fired even if they go on twelve. So then sort of moving on, looking back at Illinois State, moving forward towards Duke. Duke Duke, Duke lost to Wake Forest last week, so that's a good sign. Wake Forest is bad. Duke is maybe Forest. not as good. That they, they did beat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It might be mean to say Duke is worse than Wake Forest, but Duke is not. Is also <clears throat> not good. They're not, not, they're not good. They have some guys who might Northwestern might have trouble with, but at the same time, they're, they're a team that Northwestern, I mean, the way they're playing, they could have some trouble with. So what, what are your guys' sort of introductory thoughts? Is uh, North, that Northwestern have a chance? First, first thought is that, yes, I think this is a game that they should win. They're at home. They, I mean, if you're in the locker room, if you're the coaches, this is a must-win game oh, yeah. to salvage anything from this season. So in that sense, it's a must-win game, and I think they will. I think they'll be up to the task. They can't have three stinkers in a row, and they can, but I don't think the Fitz <laughs> team will do that. And then specifically, you know, there's a big, big ask of the cornerbacks with the depth. We'll talk about that. And then the next thing is I think Justin Jackson needs 20 touches. You know, just yeah. feed the beast. And if it's not happening, find other ways to work him in. And they can't throw the ball 41 times. Clay Thorson, I think he, in the Michigan uh, Western Michigan game, he showed he's better. In the Illinois game, he had some flashes of it. But he's not a quarterback that should be throwing the ball 41 times. And I know in the press conference, Fitz said that that happened because the run wasn't going. But, you know, you can't just abandon the run, in a, especially in a close game. You abandon the run if you're down by a touchdown or two. Mm-hmm. But just in, they got to give the ball to more Justin Jackson. And 
I was pleased with the receivers for the most part, so they need to keep that up. Yeah. <clears throat> Going back to what you were saying about the, about the receivers, like that's actually been like a real um, one of the few like really positive parts about these first two games. Awesome car looks like Reed's really found his footing as a as that number one wide wide receiver. Um, a couple really nice nice catches. I mean, like things that we you know you take for granted at the at the NFL level, things like catching passes, which you know. Um, <laughs> You know, la- kind of, last kind year. kind of a problem last year. <laughs> exactly. No, last year it was, and, and that's like what was so frustrating. It's just like, you know, catching passes and yards after the, yards after the touch. Um, and I think Austin Carr has really improved in that sense, and that opens up um, the passing game a little more. But like you said, um, right, the fact that Justin Jackson had such a monster game week one, um, and he got what eleven touches this past week, or somewhere was, around there. It was low, maybe but, fourteen. Yeah, but I it was think. it was not enough. Is, is the bottom line, right? And then maybe you start to look at um, the offensive line and what role they play. One, and yes, in the passing game, protecting Clayton Thorson, give him, giving him enough time to throw as a relatively inexperienced quarterback and get those good looks. But also, I mean, if your offensive line is struggling, the run can't take off either because Justin Jackson's going to run into a brick wall every time. He's not going to be able to exercise his speed. He's going to get three yards per carry, and he's going to pull a last nine games Todd Gurley and just like go off the map. Yeah, I think they got to give it to Jackson. At the same time, my 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 worst nightmare for this season is because Warren Long is hurt. They feed Jackson too much. He gets hurt, and then the season just goes further and further down the toilet. So that's a problem too. They can't give him thirty yeah, they, touches. Yeah, they they don't need to overwork him, but he just needs more. Yeah. He should be twenty to twenty five about every game. Yeah, and then I mean, a lot depends on the offensive line, but I feel like they also got to get other receivers. In the game, no other receiver has more than four receptions besides Austin Carr. I want to see the ball, Garrett Dickerson get the ball over in the middle more. He, he showed real good flashes as a tight end. I mean, he's and super back, game, but get, lining up as a tight end in the first yeah. game, he's a big target, and especially in the red zone. or just Because Thorson used Vitaly cons- great last year. Short mm-hmm. conversions, use him a lot more. And the other thing is, Fitz, again, spoke to this in the press conference, you know, they were really bad on third down, yep. but... I think the reason was they were gaining nothing on first and second. Third and four, you know, they, they can convert that 50% of the time more. They want to do more. And they were facing third and eight, third and nine, and the holding was bad. So I think overall the whole offensive unit, starting from the trenches and out, needs to improve. Yeah, because if the trenches improve, everything gets better than But if Thorson has no time, they have no holes to run, it all just yep. falls apart. And I think the offensive line, is it's been bad, and they need to do a much better job and give Thorson time. Otherwise... If they're getting eaten alive by FCS teams, you can only imagine what Ohio State, Ohio Michigan State, the Nebraska, Wisconsin. Thorson's going to drop LSU. back and be on, on, on the ground. That's that's going to be no fun. So then, are they going to beat Duke? Yes? No? I think when people were talking about the 08 financial collapse, right? People were saying, oh, these banks are too big to fail, right? That was the phrase that was getting thrown around, right? I think Northwestern football right now is in a position of that as a Big Ten team that just got blown out by an F, or not blown out, but uh, I don't know why I said that, but, you know, much scarier game than it should have been, and the L at the end of it. Um, this is a, yeah, this is too big to fail. Northwestern simply must beat Duke here. Otherwise, um, I think the wheels have already fallen off. But I think the wheels will completely disappear and not be available for reattachment if they were to lose to Duke. Two great metaphors there with the wheels of the financial Thank crisis. You so much. But I agree 100% in that this is a must win game. And I believe in Fitz and the coaching staff to not coach three bad games. So 
and not that they coach two bad ones, but they will not. I, I don't. I do not think that Fitz and his staff will allow Northwestern to lose this game at home for the third week in a row. Exactly. No, they're smart guys. I think they know what they need to fix, and it's just a matter of. I think. I think now it's going to come down to. I think ideally, the coaching staff knows. All right, here's how we've shifted the play calling, and then it's up to the players to execute, and that's where you want to be as a coaching staff and as a team. Yeah, the pessimist in me is saying, "Oh no, we're doomed," but I think. If they, I mean, this is absolutely a must-win game. If they lose this game, who knows what's going to happen? They could just go one and one, one and eleven, zero and twelve. But I, I think Fitz will have him prepared. He, he, I mean, he's a good coach at getting them there. And then we'll see what happens in the game. The pl- I mean, someone's going to have to step up offensively and defensively. We haven't seen really Anthony Walker do much. If he makes a few plays, maybe something happens. If someone steps up in the secondary, someone on offense makes a big block or get someone open someone someone it's gonna be who steps up on which team someone on duke steps up if they get a couple touchdowns or an interception northwestern could use some short field too so it's a combination of things and they just that a lot of things have to go their way and so far it really hasn't and we'll see if stuff goes right against duke sounds good so uh, now moving on to the baseball playoffs, the playoff race. I know both of you are excited to talk about this mm-hmm. more so than me, so I'll let you guys run with it. So, yeah, of course, oh, we, we, bo- begin, we both have man. teams in it. Yeah. So we'll, we'll kind of start with that. Obviously, the Indians are six games ahead of the Detroit Tigers in a division race. It's it's semi-close, but I'm feeling yeah. okay. But the Cleveland fan in me is still worried. But I, there was a stat, I think, somewhere the Indians could just beat the Tigers the rest of the season, lose to everyone else, and still win the division. Mm. So it's going to be okay. Yeah. But the AL East, that, that's, a, that's a fun mess. Boston, Toronto, Baltimore. And, hey, look, there's New York, too. Yeah. No, and I'll, and I'll start off by talking about the New York Yankees. I mean, because they – this is the first time I can remember um, since I started following baseball in, like, 06 uh, that a team like the Yankees that – pretty much dumped everything at the trade deadline, right? They got rid of Miller and Chapman, which were two such, such strong pieces, right? But then guys like Gary Sanchez come along and hit 11 bombs in a month, and now they're five out of the division, which, I mean, I, I don't think that was ever an expectation going fo- going at the trade deadline, let alone making the playoffs given uh, the moves they made in the front office. But, I mean, their lead, or their deficit in, this, in the AL East, where they are the fourth-place team, is five games, that's a smaller deficit than the Tigers, and I still firmly believe that they could, uh, the Tigers could hit the division uh, six games back. But New York, two back in the wild card with the rest of the teams uh, in there. There are seven teams, aside from division leaders in the American League, that have a legit shot of making the playoffs. Toronto and Baltimore are holding the two spots right now. Detroit is one game out. The Yankees are two games out. Seattle, two and a half games out. Houston, three and a half games out. Kansas City, four games out. There are, what, little less than 20 games left in the season? Yeah, 20 to 21. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. Let's see. Cleveland's 80 and 63, so that's 143. Yeah. Right? So under 20. Yeah, so we got like 20 ish games left. 19. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there's not that many games. It's it's going to be a race to the fish. We might have the, one of those last gay things where two teams are applying at once and mm-hmm. one team does something. And yeah, it's like 2011. Yeah, it's, I, I think the two wild card, or I think it'll be a Detroit and a team from the AL East. I think so, yeah, because uh, my, my dad keeps harping on this, another huge Tigers fan. He said, look, if Detroit can play, you know, just above 500 ball, the teams in the ELE, AL East, given how, like, uh, in the last month everyone's schedule is loaded with division opponents, the AL East is just going to beat up on itself, 
that Detroit can play well against its Central Division opponents, right? If you could split against Cleveland, take two out of three from Kansas City, and win five out of seven from Minnesota, which is very doable because Minnesota is stinking it up this year, um, then the Tigers could hit one of those wild card spots. Yeah, and then we, we didn't mention Texas, but Texas is going to win the AL West. I oh, yeah. mean, that's, that's not really a question. They're the closest to clinching it, I believe. Their magic number is, like, I want to say 9 or 10. It's mm-hmm. it's more than the Cubs, who can clinch it within the next week. They could clinch it, yeah, within the next, yeah. like, So moving, moving on to the NL, like, the Cubs, 17-game lead in the AL Central. Wow. wow I don't think wow. anyone expected the Cubs to be this good this quickly. I, I had a friend who kept telling me the Cubs are going to win 100 games, the Cubs are going to win 100 games. And I'm like, you're crazy. No team wins 100 games, and, of course, they're going to win 100 games. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry, Rahul, you were right. <laughs> but they're really good. I, I mean, are they going to make the World Series? The numbers say yes. I think the only team standing in their way really the is the Dodgers, but the they have pitching. I yeah, no Kershaw versus Arietta get like the Kershaw Dodgers could the shut down team. that. Sorry, I don't know as much about baseball as you guys clearly, but um, I do think that from what I've garnered, and I do know the NL fairly well. I'm a Phillies fan. The Dodgers seem like the one team that could do it with their pitching, and I think the Nats is, the staff is is looking rough with that Strasburg. Yeah, Strasburg's hurt. And then yeah, Geo's like not off. great. Yeah. They have Scherzer, but like the good thing is the bats in the lineup yeah. of the Nationals have come alive, and now teams are having trouble with Bryce Harper. They're walking him a lot, and they're finally yeah. having to pay the price for it. Yeah, but the Dodgers can throw Kershaw, Maeda. The other guys are blanking on me, but they they have like four or five is really. Kazmir good... still in the lineup? They have. I think so. They I have so. a All lot. I know, of good only pitchers. thing I know about Scott Casimir is people love to play with him online and MLB the show because he only throws <laughs> off-speed pitches and he's really hard to hit. That's my that's my analysis on Scott Casimir. I mean, they have Kershaw, they have Rich Hill, they have Maeda. Oh, Rich Hill. They oh man. Ho- Jose De Leon, who's really good. Ur- Urias or however you pronounce his name. Yeah. They're too I mean, fast, and they've, too they've, bull- they've, they've your bullpen. I mean, the, the Dodgers could do it. I still think the Cubs are probably the odds-on World Series favorite. But oh, yeah. you got the Cubs, you got the Nats, and the Dodgers division leaders. And the NL wild card is not as muddy, but you got the Giants who've been basically falling apart in the second I'd, half. If mm-hmm. I were the Cubs, I'd be scared of the Cardinals winning, getting a wild card, winning a game, and having to play. Them. Yeah, just because there's rivalry and Cardinals voodoo magic. Yeah, yeah, it, it always happens, and it's really frustrating. Oh, I know. Yeah, no, I know. Like, and that's why, like. It's just like, as a sports fan, like, I don't know, as a Tigers fan, my hatred of the Cardinals started in 2006 when they lost to them in the World Series. But it's so dumb, right? Like, it's Cardinals voodoo magic. I don't know how else to explain it. It seems like every year without fail, they're playoff contenders. And it's so frustrating. I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even rooting for a team in the same league as the Cardinals, but that just makes me angry, mm-hmm. right? I mean, but um, it's like the NCAA tournament, right? Whoever, you, if, if the Cardinals can get hot at the end of the season and they could, with a convincing victory in the wild card game, um, they would play the yeah the wild card winner would play the Cubs because they got the best division or the best record of the division winners. Um, yeah, no, that could be um, a very interesting series. I still think. I mean, if you look at almost any metric, the Cubs are yeah definitely the favorite to win the World Series. Um, are the Cardinals the UConn of baseball? Yes. <laughs> it's it's a decent comparison. Uh. <laughs> I, I thought of Butler first, but then UConn's like yeah, UConn's the team. If if they're in the bracket, you have to pencil them in for to win it yeah, all. At they'll least always one. make a run. Like, yeah, you gotta have one bracket that's UConn. Like, yeah, they did it with increasingly worse good point guards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Shabazz Napier team. Shout Kambo. out to Shabazz. 
Yeah, the wild. I mean, there's St. Louis. Miami's not gonna make it. Pittsburgh's falling out. I'd love the Miami to make the wild card. Oh, I know. I, I want to see. Oh, they so they dropped too many like games. They should. Mm-hmm. They lost to the Phillies a few times. The Indians should. swept them. Yeah, they they couldn't afford those. I I like the Marlins, even though they're in my division. I shouldn't like them. I hate the Nationals and Mets. The Marlins, I've kind of just been like, eh. But um, they were they were actually <laughs> exciting and. Um, the Stanton injury hurt a lot. Oh yeah, so yeah. hurt um, my fantasy I team a lot too. <laughs> I think they've fallen off, and the Pirates also. I don't think they have yeah. a chance. At- I th- it's probably the Mets, Giants, and Cardinals, and I think it'll probably end up being the Mets and Cardinals just because the, the Giants are very well. Giants are fl- floundering. Yeah, and they're getting Degrom back soon. They got Yoenis Cespedes will hit a good home run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, quick. World Series prediction? Do we care? Did you guys figure out who your AL wildcard teams are? Oh boy! I oh wow. it's it's a crapshoot. No, that it, it, AL it really East is. is a mess. Yeah, it's going to be Toronto and Detroit. Baltimore's falling out. I'm sorry, Ian, but your pitching sucks. <laughs> yeah, no, I do not. Ubaldo's going to blow up at least once. Dylan Bundy's not great. You you're, you're throwing you're throwing out Wade Miley once every five days. That's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I will give Baltimore over the weekend took two out of three from Detroit in Detroit, which made me want to tear my hair out. Is there any but, way they tighten rotations towards the end of the season, or they just they just keep going? You throw in minor league guys, but at the end of the day, you want to give your guys rest. You're not going to yeah, throw anyone okay. less. Yeah. In, in the playoffs, you'll have a three three or four yeah. man rotation, but not not up until the playoffs. No, exactly. But like what Buck Showalter, as a, a very good manager that he is, what it's interesting. I was um, I was watching the Tigers game, and uh, the you know, the analysts were talking about how Showalter, even in spring training, his idea was to have basically a six-man rotation and have one of the guys be used as a long reliever because he knew like all right my strength lies in the offense is so true this baltimore team they can hit the dickens out of the ball uh they've got the most dickens. home dickens they can they hit more home runs than any other team by at least 20 um they got like 200 almost 230 on the year so far they have so much power which is absurd no the one through six of that lineup it's like i mean i wanted to i wanted to cry when like i mean the second game that they played against the tigers they won like 12 to 3 because jordan zerman still hasn't figured out how to throw the ball but that's a whole nother podcast. Um, <laughs> but Baltimore, what what Baltimore can do very well is one. Well, their closer Zach Britton is a perfect forty-one for forty-one in saves this year, which Real is absurd. Good. Yeah, and they've got a couple really good bullpen arms, and they've got a couple long relief guys, and that I think is what been what has been keeping them in it, as, along with their offense. Because like you said, their starting rotation. I think the guy with the lowest ERA in their rotation is like a three-five, and that's not a recipe for a playoff team. You you need one dependable workhorse guy. The Tigers have that in Verlander. Toronto um, did have they that in Estrada. Price. Estrada. Estrada um, and the, the, the other guy whose name I'm... Stroman. Stroman. Yeah. But Stroman hasn't sick. been great that th- yeah. this year, though. Mm-hmm. And then te- Texas has Hamels and Darvish. Indians have Kluber, Carrasco. Mm-hmm. Boston, Boston has, has Price, Price and Porcello. And Porcello. Porcello could win Cy Young. He's been he's had an awesome I, year. It, I don't like Porcello. I like him. Go Tigers, man. And no, and, and he's the one that got into a fight with Euclid uh, a few years ago at Fenway Park. Fun fact, I was at that game. Are the Red Sox uh, closing up AL East? I, the Red Sox are the one team as an Indians fan that scares me, just because their lineup is stacked and like they have price. But I, I think so. I just yeah. don't like it. it anything could happen. I don't think the Yankees are winning that division. I don't think I think the Orioles fall. I don't think the Blue Jays. Can, I don't know. Yeah. It'll be it'll be one of them. Yeah, I, th- I think the Red Sox are the most complete team, and I think honestly, I don't know about complete team. They have out of out of the I think out of, oh, out out of the out of, out of them okay, Toronto I, and Baltimore yeah. and New York. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I think even something like the 
emotion behind Big Poppy's last season and the tear he's been on as a 40-year-old man hitting, like, 35 home runs, it's it's kind of ridiculous. And I think at Boston, as as a team and as a fan base, they feed on that. They love this, right? So the storyline is definitely in their favor. I mean, look, they've got a two-game lead, and the rest of the teams are three games and five games out, respectively, with Baltimore and New York. Anything can happen, but I think Boston walks up the East by a game or two. Yeah, probably on the last day of the season, I agree with that. So if we're, if we're throwing out sort of end-of-season predictions, who's winning the AL, who's winning the NL? AL, it's hard not to like Texas. Um, I don't know. I mean, Oh, I can pick apart Texas. That's my job. The, <laughs> we'll let you do that in a hot second. One second, man. Uh, no, I think um, American League, I think, I think either Texas or Boston takes it. Um, my Indians take offense to that. They can do that all they want. I'm, Drop I'm used the takes. I'm, I'm, I'm used to that. No, I think um, I think Texas, Chicago, and I, I, no part of me says. Yeah. I mean, aside from a blazing hot take, where not not a blazing hot take where the Cubs don't win the World Series, but I mean, on paper they're just leaps they're just, and bounds. They're just so else. good. Yeah. rotation, and they Kyle Hendricks is their three, and he's going to be he's a Cyan. And he's absurd. There. Yeah, he's got like a one nine five ERA now. It's like, oh. scary. Yeah, I have to agree with the Cubs and probably either the road Texas or the Indians. Probably, I, I'd probably the homer <laughs> pick is the Indians, and I just love their rotation, of course. But we'll we'll see. It should be a good one. Mm-hmm. So then, moving on to football, actual cop, not college football. Moving on to some um, NFL. First week of the NFL season. Yeah. Of course, the Browns lost, and they lost their quarterback for a few weeks. So everything is right in the world, and mm-hmm. let's get that number one pick. But just when they burned the uh, the Browns quarterback jersey. It's okay. We don't care about that anymore. <laughs> we have a championship. Gosh. I yeah. didn't joke about that. So, it, w- it was an interesting week. I don't think anyone expected Jimmy Garoppolo and the Patriots no, that was to awesome. win that game. But the more important thing, Trevor Simeon won a football game. I know. No, And, and he, he played a very all right football game. I think, um, I mean, obviously he has so many weapons in his receivers, and the defense did a lot of work. I mean, C.J. Anderson looked really good yeah. for a change. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's got a ton of weapons, but, I mean, what, what was the final line? Like uh, 200-some-odd yards, a touchdown and two picks for Trev? I think so. I remember yeah. his QB rating was real nice. It, 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 was, in the, it, was, it was in, like, the <laughs> – his, his quarterback rating was finished a point below Cam Newton that game, which – I mean, Cam didn't have an awesome game either, but <clears throat> Cam was also getting hit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, t- t- yeah he no. was concussed. Yeah, no, that. Oh, think, some, oh yeah, that, yeah, that could be its own podcast. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think the debate on that is there's definitely a reluctance from refs to call the same penalties for mobile quarterbacks, and especially for mm-hmm. Cam, who is so good at both mo- running, evading pressure, scrambling, and a pocket yeah. passer. And I think it's just like they got to treat all quarterbacks the same. And I like. Kudos to Denver defense. I like the big hits, but helmet to helmet contact is. There's just something's going to have to happen in the NFL because there's too much hits, concussions. But that's also another podcast. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, there's a lot of one, zero and one teams in the South and the East and the AFC. Yeah. Of course, the Jets, Bills, and Dolphins all lost because the Patriots are going to win that division again. Because it's the AFC East for the last same same thing last ten years. Everyone won in the AFC North except for the Browns. Because Antonio North, Brown, uh, the, the Steelers' <laughs> offense looks really good. Yeah, no, they were scary. That, I mean, was, they mowed over the Redskins. I mean, I don't think they don't have. The Redskins I've heard, to win, they don't have. Angelo not, Williams looks so good. 
Just, and, and then they have Le'Veon Bell. They don't even need him. They don't even need him. And then the the South, the Texans. I think the Texans are like it. They're not. They're not going to win anything. But they're like a sneaky division pick because I'm, I'm still I think the Colts not high on really the Colts. Bad, so the Colts don't have a defense and still don't have an offensive line. Yeah, like yeah. They're, they're Ryan Grigson likes to take a speedy oh, receiver in the first round every year, and it's coming back to haunt him finally. Matt Stafford and his receiving core made the Colts look like cones. It was that bad. Go Lions, baby. And yeah. Quan, and Quan Bolden sneaky pick for uh, offensive MVP this year. Sneaky. That's so sweet. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's like three doors down and like, uh, uh, like sneaky. Like if, if you're going to throw a He's sneaky like a offensive MVP, off the coast like of a Brock Osweiler or something like, like Anquan, Anquan Bolden would have to catch like 1,300 yards for me even to like, is he, is he on the Lions? I didn't yes. even know he was on the Lions. <laughs> that was so much more of a reaction than I bargained for when I thought about saying that. I was, and you could have been like, you. your sneaky pick for top 10 fantasy receiver, and I would have been like, that's sneaky. That's Very sneaky. sneaky, but okay. Like, okay. <laughs> sneaky pick for <laughs> When was the last time a non-quarterback won offensive MVP that wasn't named Adrian Peterson? It sh- Megatron should have had it that year. Where he caught like 900 yards. It was the same year as Adrian Peterson. So Okay. Um, it's, yeah. it's been Anquan Bolden has just taken his spot, man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. Well, Anquan Bolden aside. On that note, the Kansas City Chiefs came back to beat the Chargers. Um, mm-hmm. That was very entertaining. That was awesome. Uh, Andy Reid looked like Andy Reid for the first half of the game and then also looked like Andy Reid in the second half of the game, <laughs> which is Andy Reid in a nutshell. But um, the, Chief, the Chiefs obviously will play better than that first half when they were down 24-3, to but... Alex Smith and that offense looked very good. So yeah. promising signs for them. And you they know they're looking defense. over at the Raiders and the Broncos. All three I thought were impressive, other than the uh, Raiders defense. But Drew Brees is very good at home. Yeah. Um, you know the Chiefs are they've got to be saying, hey, we, we ground out a tough win. We came back. Like this division is ours. I think all three teams in that division think that. So yeah. that's yeah. A, that's one to That'll watch. That'll be a competitive yeah. division. Who knows? Maybe mm-hmm. Trevor Simeon can hoist another Super Bowl ring for the Broncos. <laughs> Goodness. <clears throat> yeah, then move, moving on to the NFC. I mean, De- Tony Romo's out as usual, so they lost. And yeah. The whole Terrence uh, Williams thing, shenanigans. He's a, he's a new. He's like the Derrick Rose of the NFL at this point. <laughs> yeah. It's, Dak Prescott's fun. okay. He was, he was but, solid. Wasn't great, but he did the job. Um, but I they're think, not going anywhere without Romo. No. Mm-hmm. I think if you're the Cowboys, you're not like overly disappointed, but it's just a realize of the limitations of. They're what two and thirteen. It's a real bad. It's a bad stat. The problem is they also don't have a defense. Yeah, like they should have drafted Boza. Yeah, or or Ramsey. I I thought Ramsey would have been a really like Elliott will be really good behind that offensive line. But I could be good that behind that offensive line. Like that offense, you could put. I would love to see Justin Jackson behind that offensive line. (laughs) He would run for like fifteen thousand yards. Northwestern pipe dream. The Redskins lost. Eagles, your Eagles looking good. They look, Carson um, Wentz. Carson Wentz, yeah, Carson Wentz is really going to be good because the Browns decided not to draft him. That's how it works. Uh, I was impressed with Carson Wentz. Um, still some rookie uh, errors, but he looked he looked the part of a franchise quarterback. And um, I'm impressed with the Eagles so far. I was we were talking before the show, and I had them penciled in around seven wins this year. I stick to that, but sneaky, and you have a first round pick now too. Sneaky, yeah, but not as good as the one we had, but. Still be decent. Um, Vikings pick, and maybe the Vikings will be bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, actual sneaky that if the Eagles keep playing the way they're playing, the division is might be there for the taking. 
We'll see. The John, yeah, because Eli see. Manning could give it away. Yeah, and that defense, they threw a lot of money at it. It takes time to actually be good. Um, I've been sleeping on the Redskins for a long time. I will continue to sleep on them. I think Kirk Cousins is, like, in the middle between what we all thought he was and you like that Kirk Cousins, which turns out to be exactly average. And that's <laughs> what we saw on, on Monday night. And so, yeah, I think I don't think the Redskins are that great. Yeah. And then uh, the, uh, the Teddy Bridgewater injury is that, just so unfortunate. That's so sad. Because the yeah. Vi- not only did it force them, for some reason, to give like a boatload of draft picks to the Eagles, which might have been the <laughs> stupidest tra- trade. Like, why? Well, I, I want to know what that phone call was like. Hi, we'll offer you a first-round pick for Bradford. Done. <laughs> well, Hang well, up you want you want to give us a fourth-round pick too? Heck, we don't take it a sixth-round. Like. The Eagles would have probably taken a third rounder straight up for Bradford. Straight up, yeah, of course they would have. Like, I would why are, like, that was, because Br- Bridge, the, first of all, because Bridgewater might not be the same ever again, and, like, the Vikings with Bridgewater this year were a sneaky Super Bowl contender. Yeah. Like, were, Bridgewater is in. good. They were penciled in for one of the two wild card spots along with the Seahawks or yeah. Cardinals. The NFC felt predictable before yeah. the injury, and now it's open for... The East maybe is the Vikings, yeah. maybe the Buccaneers we talked about last week with yeah. uh, James and those two top tall he receivers. Very, he looked very good. Their secondary is um, atrocious, though. Yeah, the they just got to give the ball to Vitaly more. <laughs> yep, there it is, boys. <laughs> he got cut, and the Bills. He's on the practice squad, though. Oh, he's on, no, he's, he's back, back on the Bills. Squad, he's yeah. on the practice squad. All right, he, he he's getting them ready for the next game. Who <laughs> <laughs> are they playing next week? Do you know? I want to know what he's scouting. I want to know who he's pretending to play like. <laughs> Let, let's look this up real quick. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are pay, the cart. He's he's David Johnson. Yeah, he's, he's, David, a, he's Johnson. David Johnson. Damn it! No, just or, really is, good is he Daniel Fells? Is no, he Fitz no. John Brown? <laughs> Can you imagine Vitaly like the, the scenario? Like, no, he's right, got to be Fitz. We, yeah, we need to prep for uh, this game against the Cardinals. We want you to be Fitz. Uh, I played super back. <laughs> They're like, all right, you're going to be super just like Fitz. Get out there and make like five third down catches. I would pay money to see that conversation. Uh, he, Fitz is good. I, I, he, I played Madden yesterday night, and he helped me barely beat the Giants. and Or not the Giants, the 49ers. And I am really bad at Madden. And there's <laughs> a story we can say for later where I lost on a Hail Mary last night because I rushed six it was a bad idea. Why would you rush? Just three man deep. It was a bad idea. Three man. <laughs> but yeah, the Cardinals are gonna win that division. I still think. Seahawks were not impressive. I have yeah. to say, or maybe no. it was the Dolphins. The 49ers okay. are gonna collapse. Yeah, uh, the Rams are just bad. And the What's with Jared Goff? Like I, don't I thought yeah, he was there gonna was, be their starter. I I saw like some headline or some notification on my. Uh, popped on my phone for ESPN. It was like some of the coaching staff, half the coaching staff, thought that Goff should have started, but they gave it to. to that's Kansas. such a Jeff Fisher thing. It, it's a Fisher thing. Very conservative coaching move, mm-hmm. and I mean that school of thought has gotten a long way in the NFL. But you know, you you got you got to play the first round guy, or at least you know make him active. Yeah. He's, was, he, Jeff Fisher is the guy that will go between seven and nine and nine and seven every year and just miss the playoffs, and like you'll be okay with it in years one and two. But by year three, you're like, I'm done with this. Yeah. it's <laughs> The big joke was, oh, we're not going 7-9 this year. We're going to be like 5-11. and 11. <laughs> <laughs> And then the South. The Buck- The South is an- another one. I mean, the Panthers should probably win that one. But the Bucks should make things interesting, I think. Yeah. If they can figure out their defense. 
Drew Brees will just, I mean, if they're going to win a game, they're going to have to put up 60 points. But that offense is going to be good. Willie Sneed was a sneaky late-round draft pick in fantasy, and I picked him a few good, many good times. So, uh, Let it be known that Ari Ross has nine fantasy teams. I'm addicted to fantasy. and But only three of them are for money, so he's got it under control. Yeah, and I, won t- uh, I went three and six this week. All right. Wow. But two and one in leagues that were for money, so. Hey, that's <laughs> two out of three ain't bad, as yeah. they say. Two out of yeah, three ain't I was, bad. <laughs> uh, I was one and one, which was frustrating because the one I lost – I was up by 10 before Carlos Hyde played, oh. and he... Oh, he played out of his mind. Yeah, he played very well. Because he always does that in the first week of the season on Monday night. Yep. It's a two-year sample size, but that's basically <laughs> all he does. <laughs> that works. Um, so is that it for the NFL? Any other closing thoughts about the season? I think the two of us are happy about our teams, Henry, yep. Lions, me, and the Eagles. My expectations for the Browns this season are so low, 3-13 and 13 would be a success. So at this point... I mean, honestly, geez. nothing. it doesn't matter. It Number really one pick, matter. give you me Deshaun your, Watson or Deshaun you Kaiser. You want your and I'm young happy. players to just try yeah. to develop. And Hugh Jackson yeah. get some experience. So the Browns are fine, you know. They have um, another 14 draft picks next year. Yeah. So two first rounders. Thank you, Philadelphia. Two second rounders. Thank you, Tennessee. They traded a punter and got a fourth round pick. Wow. Thank you, Carolina. Go Browns. Go Browns. <laughs> Cleveland. Cleveland, work it up. Hey, hey, it's it's baseball season. Is bridging the gap to basketball season. <laughs> LeBron James, 2016 right, so NBA I champs. think with that, it's time for the lightning round. Let's do it. Uh, my favorite part of the show, uh, <coughs> fan favorite, although I make that up every week, but I think fans like it, if there are fans. And so basically how it works is it's a series of sports news questions. There are ten of them for each of you. One person answers ten at a time. And they increase in difficulty. So ten of them are easy, or three of them are easy, three medium, three hard, and one Philly sports special. And they're worth more the harder they are. So get an easy question right, you get a point. Get a medium question right, two points. Three questions right is three. And if you get the Philly sports special, that's four. Uh, the record is 13 points set by former sports director Ben Gorin. Of course. Um, that doesn't surprise me. The average is about seven, which is three easies and two mediums so we'll see uh do you guys want to go who wants to go first um uh, whatever works for me i'll go first all right I, I got more time at the station than ari does i can redeem myself all right fair <laughs> enough so let's let's get started easy question uh for henry demore uh this tennis player upset novak djokovic in four sets in the u.s open final to improve oh. his all-time grand slam final record to three and zero. I know who that about. I don't know his name. Uh, it's uh, Stan Warinka. Stan the man. Okay. I would have pronounced his name so bad. Yeah, that was... Next okay. uh, easy question. It's all right. It's only easy if you know the sport. Next easy question. This team defeated Oklahoma State on a wild Hail Mary after an officiating debacle to end the game. Central Michigan Chippewas. That is correct. Fire up chips. <laughs> um, next last easy question. This player had a perfect game through the seventh inning for the Dodgers but was pulled by his manager. Rich Hill. That is correct. Former ace legend. Uh, on to the medium questions. This was a soccer one. This player scored two goals, including a late equalizer, to win back a point against Swansea for Chelsea on Sunday. Oh, shoot. Um, Costa? Yes, Diego yes. Costa. That is right. Congratulations. Good soccer knowledge. Uh, now it's a UFC question. This UFC fighter took home $500,000 as part of the purse for his two-minute, 41-second long appearance where he lost uh, on against UFC. Was it Lesnar? 
No, it was a WWE guy that came over. Yeah. It was CM Punk. Shoot. Okay. That was a good guess. Um, I would have guessed Ronda Rousey. So. <laughs> <laughs> Last medium question. Who missed a potential game-winning 47-yard field goal on Sunday Night Football to give the Patriots the win? Someone on the Cardinals, I don't know his name. Ch- Cardinals it's kicker, it's Chandler Catanzaro. Okay. So on to the hard ones. You have a m- two easies and a medium, so that's right, four. So four points. Here comes the hard ones. On Saturday, Barcelona was upset by which newly promoted team in La Liga? I know this. No, I followed this. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know why I'm thinking. I'm not going to get it. I don't know. It's Alaves. Deportivo Alaves. The hard questions are hard. Here's a fun one. I had a lot of fun with this one. Antonio Brown's multiple pump touchdown celebration uh, earned <laughs> an excessive celebration penalty, just like this fictional player created by Kean Peel, who was originally in the East West Bowl and also in a skit where he had three pumps. The name of the player. No, no I, I. Fictional player. I know the sketch. Um, it's a weird one. Yeah. I mean, they're all weird. It's yeah. Kean Peel. Um, There's so many good names in that. I don't know, so I'm going to say AJ, RJ, TJ, backslash, and fourth, the fifth. That's my favorite name, maybe in the sketch, but this is Hingle McCringleberry. <laughs> so, uh, that was a good guess. All right, so two more. Number nine, hard question. Baseball, though. David Ortiz hit his 536 homework to tie for 17th all-time with which legend? Mickey Mantle. That is correct. So, baseball, there you go. That's right. seven points. So, I'm a seven? Okay. All right. so here's the, average, the hard question. So, this, this could be a lot. Four points. Can you name the three Eagles... Who scored touchdowns against the Browns on Sunday? Gosh, damn. Ari Ross is unlucky that he missed the first round. Uh, Two of them have the same last name. Wonderful. Uh, that'll make me feel good when I don't get any of them. Uh, There's also no partial credit. But <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing, man. All right, Jordan Matthews. Uh, mm-hmm. Believable. You you could probably guess that if you were if you wanted to guess. Ryan Matthews, maybe. Third one was the hardest, but that's Nelson Aguilar. No, I should have gotten Jordan Matthews, yeah. It's okay. So, seven points, solid showing. Ari Ross needs seven to tie, eight to win. Okay. Ten questions. So, here we go. Here we go. Pressure mounting for Ari Ross, but he he, he won before. Last time he was on this podcast, beat Austin Miller. Beat so, Austin I want to know. He, Austin won't like to hear that. But wow, Earth-shattering. Wow. One of, my, one of my favorite questions of all time. Shout out to Matt McHugh and Zach Wingrove, who love this guy. This player came out of a two-year retirement to join the LA Galaxy until the end of the season. Landon Donovan. That is correct. Uh, next easy question. This coach opted to go for two, down by one with less than a minute remaining to earn the win over the Saints. Jack Del Rio. Yes. As I like to call him, Jack Del Rio Grande, since we have Riverboat Ron. He tweeted at ESPN, <laughs> too. <laughs> next easy question. Who upset TCU in double overtime on Saturday? Arkansas. That's correct. So three for three in the easy, which is good. Here they get a little harder. Medium. Through four games in the Premier League, which team has a perfect 12 points out of 12? <laughs> Henry, Henry. Tottenham? That is my favorite team, but no. Pep Henry, Guardiola and Man City. That is correct. So Pep's the GOAT. Yeah, Pep might actually be the greatest manager of all time. But so, Henry, unlucky he didn't get that one. Um, next medium question. Uh, the all-time NCAA attendance record was set at which venue on Saturday? Oh, Bristol Motor Speedway. That is correct. So medium, so that's five. This is for a tie. This is for a tie. Who did the A's release this week with one year remaining on his contract? Danny Valencia? No. Uh, Billy Butler. 
Oh, double wait, play seriously? machine. Yeah, they released Billy Butler. It was, oh, okay. No one knows why. It was just totally ready. I saw s- so he's at five. He needs one of these to win okay. out of the next four. Who did Angelique Kerber defeat in the Women's U.S. Open oh, Final in on. tennis? Yeah, there's no chance of I get uh, it. Uh, oh, wait. Wait. Oh, wait. Caroline Wozniacki? No. Carolina Pliskova. Yeah. Henry is has his hands up because he would have had that one. This is, I think this is your best chance to win the game. Oh, God. <laughs> Can you name both players in the NFL to score touchdowns who were not on offense or kickers? But I consider them as offense. So there were two defensive touchdowns scored. Can you name the players who scored them? I think they were on the same team. They are on the same team. I know the team, but I'm not It's gonna... the Vikings, which yeah. we're giving away. So if you could name the two players, real hard question. Um, Chad Greenway? No, Eric Hendricks and Daniel Hunter. Yeah. Tough. All right. <laughs> this is the rapper question of the week. There's always one. Uh, it's pretty random, but you might be able to get it if you guess a rapper well. Uh, on Tuesday, which is today, we're recording on Tuesday, which rapper, a close friend of Skip Bayless, appeared on The Undisputed, his new show on Fox Sports 1, and he claimed that he had never experienced racism before in a discussion about Colin Kaepernick. It's a rapper. The answer is a rapper. So he, he said... I, he, I figure this. I don't watch this show. I will never watch this show. <laughs> um, so there's no way I'm getting it. But let's see. Um, Eminem. Oh, no. He's... I mean, that's true. He would never experience racism before. Yeah. That wouldn't be contentious. It's Lil Wayne. Weezy oh. F Baby. Uh, <laughs> Lil Toonchi. Yeah. No, he went on... Uh, yeah, I didn't even watch the show. It was like some Deadspin article that came yeah, up on Yeah, uh, That said, Lil Wayne yeah. claims he's never experienced racism. Yeah. Among uh, other... So here we go. Last question. For all the marbles, Ari Ross at five. This would give him nine. It's about baseball. The Philly sports special for the win. Which Philly had two hits, two RBIs, and a stolen base in his second ever MLB start against oh. the Pirates? They called him up. Oh. Does Ari Ross have it? Tommy Joseph? No. Roman Quinn. Tough one. So that was a tough series of questions. That was brutal. Um, Jeez. It's unlucky. Henry DeMore, winner with seven. Ari Ross with five, but it's okay. He's one and one. Um, That was a pretty well-played lightning round. Thanks to you guys. This was a really great podcast. Um, I've been Malik, the producer. Ari Ross. Uh, we'll be calling the Duke game this yeah, weekend on Saturday. Tune in 89.3 FM, WNRSports.com. Alex Letterman and I, I think we might not have a sideline reporter, but... I'd we'll press, figure that so out. We'll see. We'll, we, we, we might have a sideline reporter. Hopefully, the sideline equipment works. Yeah, it, yeah. a lot of it, it should on be that. a good game. It's a prime time game, and Northwestern needs to win. And Henry Demore, sports voice producer, returning back for the first time in the fall on Sunday night. Woo! Tune in Sunday night at 8 p.m. Myself and Sam Brief will uh, be producing another great show with a potential inside NU guest. Breaking down a yeah, I guess it's on Sunday, so we'll be breaking down the first couple games of the season as well as the outcome of the Duke game. So tune in then. All right. So thanks a lot, guys. This has been Sports Force After Dark.